Hey guys, welcome to Mix in America episode two. I'm titling this episode, What Are You? Because that's a question I get a lot. Uh, for those of you that are mixed like me or ethnically ambiguous, you probably get this question a lot too. Uh, a lot of people I meet, usually not the first time I meet them, but at some point the question comes up, what are you? Um, which by the way, is probably not a great way to phrase that question, but I'm gonna answer that question. What am I, who am I, where am I from? I think it's important in these um, times when there's more and more race conversations happening in America, which I think is a great thing. I think it's important to, to tell your own story and share your own experiences. And I think for you to understand where I'm coming from and to kind of set the stage on everything I say going forward, not just today, but in next week and future podcasts that I do, but that you understand where I came from and who I am. And I, you know, I titled this Mix in America. So let me tell you who I am. Let me tell you uh, my story of what it was like growing up mixed in America. I, I will tell you, this is not a sad story. This is not a, a difficult story. Um, there are certainly things in my story that are difficult. There are certainly things that um, should maybe move you a little bit, I guess, emotionally, maybe to do something or at least to think a little bit differently. Um, but I'm not here to try to tell you some some sad story about how difficult it was being, you know, half black growing up in America. Because, um, you know, honestly, looking back at my life, it was pretty good. I'm not I'm not here to complain. I'm not here to get any pity. Uh, poor me any of that stuff, but I do want you to understand where I'm coming from so you understand my perspective a little bit, if that makes sense. So this is about my story. First of all, my story starts with my parents. In general, in life, I, I'm not anywhere where I am uh, in life without my parents. Um, but specifically when I'm talking about my story of my racial background, who I am, what I am, when people ask, what are you? Uh, it starts with my parents. So my mom is black, my dad is white. Usually that's the answer that I give people when I get that question, what are you? Well, my mom's black. My dad's white, my mom's black. Um, I found people generally aren't that interested in the fact that my dad is white. Um, usually when they're asking, what are you? They say, they wanna know other than white, what are you? Like, especially in August, I get this question a lot more because I'm a little bit darker and they're like, well, I know you're not just white, white, or I think you're not just white, white. It's gotta be something else in there, right? Well, my mom's black, that's the answer to that. Um, so yeah, my story starts with my parents, my mom's black, my dad's white. And I just wanna make this clear, if you're wondering about my background or what it was like uh, for them growing up, um, my mom is the one who whose parents stayed married uh, all of their lives, who my mom's the one who went to private schools. My mom is a college grad, which is kind of why I struggle with the term white privilege. We'll talk about this another time. In fact, I'll do an episode just to white privilege, but I just want to clear that up real quick. My mom, actually both her parents were educated. Her dad earned a doctorate. He was a published author, a poet, a teacher, city counselor. Um, and he's the reason why I believe that regardless of the color of my skin, I can be anything I wanna be because he showed me what could be accomplished. If he did all of that back in his day, being black, then what's my excuse? Why can't I do it now? So again, that's another story for another time. But that's the way I was raised. That's what I was taught. Um, my parents' story, and maybe even I'll go into a little more detail about that uh, at another time. But um, my parents, I've had some conversations with them, especially even more recently, about what it was like for them in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, dating, getting married, having children at that time. You know, it, it's 
you can think about whatever um, racial tensions there might be now. Um, I don't know a lot of mixed people that are that are older than me, besides my older siblings. But I'm saying that there wasn't a lot of I don't think interracial marriages even even in the 80s and the late 70s. Um, just to give a little perspective that I, that I think we younger generation often lose. Uh, my mom was born in 58. My dad was born in 57. If you've seen the movie Loving vs. Virginia, um, the case where they actually sued the state of Virginia to have an interracial marriage, and Virginia in 1958 became the last state in America to make interracial marriage legal. So the year my mom was born, it became legal for her to marry her future husband, which also means the year my dad was born, it was not legal in every state in America for him to marry his future wife. I'm gonna pause that for a second because I want you to think about that when we talk about the historical context of slavery and racism and these things in America, we, we read about it in history books and we think it was so long ago. And it was, I'm not saying we haven't come a long way, but really not that long ago. In my parents' lifetime, when my dad was born, there was a state in America and it was not legal for him to marry his black wife. Anyways, let me move on from that. Those are my parents. Um, so for me, having a black mom, a, a white dad, when people ask me what was it like growing up, one of the first things I say is, well, for me, on Christmas Eve, Santa and Jesus are both black, and on Christmas Day, they're both white. Because for my family, I mentioned this, I think, in the last episode, but for my family, we went to my mom's side on Christmas Eve, and Jesus was black in a little manger, and Santa was black, and then on Christmas Day, we went to my dad's family, and Santa was white, Jesus was white. Um, so I never have a hard time with a black Santa or a white Santa, or black Jesus or white Jesus. I, I never saw a problem with that because that's just the way that I grew up. Like I said in the last episode, I had black G.I. Joes and white G.I. Joes. My sister had black Barbies and white Barbies. And uh, that was just normal for me. I didn't think that was a big deal. Uh, race wasn't really a thing. I knew that, that my mom's skin was darker than mine. I knew that my dad's skin was lighter than mine. Uh, and I knew that us four siblings were somewhere in between. Um, I had cousins and aunts and uncles that were all sorts of different shades. My mom's older sister married a black guy, my uncle Sal, and then my mom married a white guy. And then just about all of her sisters ended up marrying white guys too. So there's, I have, I have cousins of all sorts of shades and sizes in my family. And then even on that side, I have cousins that are all white. Their mom married my uncle. So I have cousins that are all white that I grew up with. I have cousins that are all black. I got all the shades in the middle. This one thing I always stuck in my head, I don't know why, but the, there was the four of us boy cousins, right, growing up. I was the youngest of them, but it was my, me, my older brother, my cousin Robbie, and my cousin Jordan. And we, I remember thinking we're like the Ninja Turtles because if you had the action figures in the 90s or watched the cartoon in the 90s, they were all like different shades. Like I think Michelangelo was like, no, I think Raphael was the lightest and then Michelangelo but they had like different shades of green, right? And so I remember thinking of us like that because my cousin Jordan is all black. And then uh, me and my brother are pretty similar shades. And then my cousin Robbie, who's also mixed like us, was even lighter than us. Um, so I thought of us as kind of like the Ninja Turtles with the, there was the four of us kind of in different shades. So race wasn't really a thing. Like I didn't think of my, my cousin that was all black as black and my cousin that was all white as white. We were just people and we had different color. We had different amounts of pigment in our skin, right? We just were different shades. And then I didn't even think, you know, we got darker in the summer. Like I didn't think about, um, just didn't think about race that way growing up.
you know, my dad's white. I do remember him getting sunburnt and kind of making fun of him as a kid, like that he got sunburnt and none of the rest of us really did. Um, we just got darker. First time I really thought about race was when I was in kindergarten. And I had, so we talked about having different black and white um, toys when I was a kid and having different races and stuff. Uh, I thought about when telling the story using an action figure because I think that would make me sound cooler. Um, but I'll be honest with you, it was my Cabbage Patch doll. I was in kindergarten. The Cabbage Patch doll that I had, shout out to the 80s, the 90s, if you guys remember those. Uh, mine was black. And I brought it to school one time. I don't know why I brought a doll to kindergarten. I don't know what my parents were thinking, letting me bring a doll to, to kindergarten. Um, seems like a mistake to me, but but maybe at the time it made sense. I don't know, maybe it was show and tell or something like that. I just remember having this doll and an older kid coming up to me and saying, what are you doing with that N-word doll? He actually used the word. I'm not going to use it. Uh, I'll talk about that at a different time, the N-word and, and how I feel about that. But but that was the first time I was like, I don't even know what that means really. And I remember talking to my mom about it. I don't know exactly what she said, um, but it was essentially something along the lines of people are going to hate. There are people with hate in their hearts and people are going to hate you just because your skin is a little bit darker, but don't let that hate keep you down. And I remember that um, as, as a young child thinking, I don't care if they're going to hate me over here. I'm, I'm not going to choose to hate. I'm still going to love and I'm not going to let them keep me down. I'm not going to let them make me mad, get me frustrated. I'm not going to let them hold me back for the color of my skin. So that's, that's just how I was raised. That's a mentality that was pushed in me at a very young age. Fast forward a little bit, I remember in elementary school, at a public school, and I remember going through the lunch line, and the lunch lady commented something about like, did I just get back from vacation or something like that? And I don't think, I didn't even know what she meant. Like I was like, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember what I said, but I don't remember what, what she meant, but I thought about it later. She was commenting on my tan, and I don't think she meant it in a racist way, but it was like a, just a weird thing like, no, I, I don't have a tan, my mom's black. Like, I remember thinking that as a kid, like, what? Like, I don't know, that was really weird. So again, this is a lot of my experiences with race. It's not, um, it's really not all that negative. It's really not all that intense. But what I say is when you're white, you don't ever think about race. When you're black, you think about it most of the time. When you're mixed like me, you always think about it. It's always there. It's always in the back of your head. It's always something because I'm usually the only black person in a room full of white people or I'm the only white person in a room full of black people. I think I mentioned that last time, but but these are just things that, that race is something that we think about, right? I don't think I know a lot of people or even know of a lot of people that are mixed or older than me or my siblings. My sister is 40. She turns 40. Um, this week, actually. So if you know my sister, tell her happy birthday. Um, maybe don't mention that I said she was 40 because I don't know if she's letting people know that or not. She might be trying to hide that. But but I don't know a lot of them older than me, right? So people talked about when Barack Obama got president, it was important for, for black people to see um, another black person succeed, which there's an example of somebody who's mixed, um, who's older than 40. But I didn't know Bar I didn't know Barack Obama when I was a kid. So he obviously wasn't a role model that I was looking up to, but but so it was hard for me to see. I didn't see a lot of mixed role models, right? Uh, I don't think that's the most important thing in the world, but I do think that's something. I remember Rod Woodson in the late 80s, early 90s, later Robert Smith played for the Vikings, um, and they were kind of the first like mixed people that I remember seeing like, oh dang, they're mixed like me. 
Um, if you know Rod Woodson, he's a Hall of Famer, actually Hall of Fame safety for the Steelers. Um, Robert Smith, pretty good running back for the Vikings. But but I remember them being the first people that kind of looked like me that I could see on TV or that I saw who were mixed like me. And then again, back to my parents. My parents worked very hard uh, and sacrificed you know, to send me to a Christian school. But that means I went to a private high school. That means I had mostly white friends. That's just the way it worked. Um, I think that's, I don't know, the school, that school now is more diverse than it was when I was there. But, but I did have mostly white friends, um, which, again, I, race wasn't a huge deal, but I just didn't really get it. Um, I don't know if you want to say I wasn't uh, in tune with my blackness enough or something like that. But, um, but I went to a mostly white school. I remember uh, in middle school when you get the highlights on top of your hair, like the frosted tips. Uh, I remember some of my friends had it. And I asked my mom if I could get them. And I remember she said, you know, you're black, right? And I was just like, like that. Again, it's, it's, I thought about it. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe being black is different. Um, and not that it was like a, a completely different thing, but it was like, oh, you're, you're not white like your friends. Later on in middle school, in eighth grade, I met my best friend, Frank, um, who was the best man at my wedding when I got married eight years ago. He's black. So my best friend all the way through high school and beyond um, was black. But other than that, I was, and we had one Asian friend too, Aaron. So we had a couple. Um, but other than that, it was, it was a lot of white people that we were surrounded with. Again, not saying anything wrong with that. This is just my experience. I did grow up with a lot of white people around me. Um, not a whole lot of diversity. Graduated high school, freshman year in college. Um, college was a different thing. College was a very different experience for me, even though I went to a, a pretty small, sheltered Christian school. Uh, it was still very a very eye-opening experience for me, I guess I would say. Uh, I remember my freshman year. It was second semester. We were in the cafeteria. And my roommate, who it was just a random roommate I had been assigned to, so I didn't know him before that. But it was second semester. And in the cafeteria, we were talking about something, and somehow it came up. I said my mom was black. And he literally goes, stood up and said, that's what you are. Like, he said, I've been wondering since move-in day what you were. And I didn't want to ask you. I didn't want to offend you. So I just wondered. Um, and he said, you were so good in this. We had Spanish class together. He's like, you're so good at Spanish. I thought maybe you were Hispanic, which I get that a lot. A lot of people think I'm Mexican. Um, but it was just, I don't know, it was funny to me that he just, it was, he, that he had been wondering this whole time what I am, but didn't, but didn't want to say it, didn't feel comfortable asking, um, didn't want to be that guy saying, what are you, right? Like I get a lot of other times. Freshman year is another guy that lived on my floor. He's from Colorado. And he said, he, on, he goes, Josh, I've never talked to a black person before. He said, I don't know what to say. And I said, first of all, thanks for coming to me. I'm glad that we had that kind of relationship that we're close enough. Because I did say, I said, honestly, if you have a question, if you want to talk, come talk to me. Like, I hope you feel comfortable that we can have these conversations. I think those conversations are important. I'm actually very proud of him. I'm not going to say his name on here, but I'm very proud of him for, for coming to me like that. Because I think that's one thing that um, race conversations are uncomfortable for white people. So they just don't have them. So then they don't ever get any more educated. They don't get any more empathetic. They don't understand. I mean, they'll never fully understand, but they don't under they they don't even try to understand because it's uncomfortable. But I was in I went to school in Oklahoma, which isn't like the deep south, which probably most most of you don't even maybe consider south south for me. I live in Minnesota, so it was south to me. Uh, and even though it was a, a small private school, but it's a lot more diverse. And there were more blacks and whites, and I feel like they were much more separate than what I grew up with. 
Um, I don't think it was an intentional, but I just noticed that the other blacks at school kind of found each other. They were just more comfortable around each other. And I don't know what it is about, um, you know, if you've read Pastor Miles' book about third option, in-group bias, if you walk in a room and you see someone that looks like you or you know someone that talks like you, uh, maybe somebody else wearing a Vikings jersey, I'm going to be naturally inclined to go talk to them. We're going to have that in common. I think that's, from my perspective, I think that's what happened um, a lot when I was in college. And it didn't really, and I don't know if it was me, I don't know if it was them, but I didn't really fit in in that group. And I don't know if it's because they didn't really see me as that black or or just because of the floor that I lived on, the guys I happened to be friend with, but it kind of left me on the outside because I didn't really fit in. I remember one time, a friend of mine who lived on my floor came over to play Madden. He brought another friend with him. He was black. The guy he brought was black. And he introduced me as, this is Josh. He's half black, so he can say the N-word. He won't, but he can. So I feel like that's another thing that kind of, another moment in my head that sticks with me when having race conversations or talking about my race experience is, um, I can say the N-word. I won't, but I can. But not just that, but that he had to like, explain that um, or like tell him that like I feel like I actually joked in college about with some of my friends about buying a shirt that just said my mom is black so just like have that so initially when you meet me you know you don't have to ask what are you Uh, you don't have to introduce me to somebody else and try to explain that and have that conversation but but just let you know get it out front Uh, my mom's black so but it was interesting that he felt the need that he that he had to even say that that he had to introduce me that way um, I had one a black girl in college told one of my friends that I was pretty cute for a white guy, which I thought was funny. Um, these are just some of my experiences, but I just thought that was funny because then she told him, well, he's half black. And she goes, oh, I get it now. Like, I guess she was only into black guys or something. Um, which is another, reminds me of another thing. And I got to keep moving along here. But, um, one of the, one of the first questions I got like a decent amount in college when people found out I was mixed was, do you prefer black girls or white girls? And I was like, what? Like, I don't have a preference. Like, I like girls. Like, if they're black, if they're white, whatever. Now I did happen to fall in love and marry a white girl, but that was never, like, my plan. Like, I didn't set out, you know, to find a white girl and marry a white girl, or I didn't I didn't really have a preference. Um, and I just, I thought that was even a weird question, but, but apparently it was fairly common because I actually got that more than once um, when talking to my friends at college. I had two white girls, two different white girls tell me that I could, they could never date me because their parents wouldn't allow it. Um, not saying that I was ever really necessarily interested in those girls or like anything was even happening, but they kind of made that clear, or at least they, we were friends, both of these different girls. So I got to know them a little bit. So it wasn't like a, a random thing like, hey, nice to meet you, by the way, I could never date you because you're black. But, but I did have people tell me that. I did have a couple girls tell me that their parents, um, actually one of them said, their parents wouldn't be happy. One of them was like, no, I could never bring you home to my parents. And then I had one girl um, I I knew in college and she won't even, I'm not going to say her name or anything. She won't even remember this. I'm sure it was such a small thing to her, but to me, it was a big deal. We were talking about something. I don't remember what it was, but I remember saying, well, yeah, I'm black. And she said, well, you're not like black. You're not actually black. And she was trying to say, I guess, that I was on, that I was half black. And I think, and again, she won't even remember this. It wasn't a big deal to her, but for me, 
it was like for the first time in my life, and this is so dumb because it's not that big of a deal, but the first, but just being real with you guys, first time in my life, I felt like I was not half black, but only half black. If that makes sense to you, like identity issues are a big thing for everyone, but especially when you're mixed, um, it can be difficult to kind of find out where you fit and where you belong. But I always, before this, honestly, before this conversation that I had with this white girl, I thought of myself as black and white. Like when I was in a room full of black people, I was another black person. When I was in a room, like, I felt like I was, like I was both. And this conversation and what she said here, I feel bad because she probably has no idea. She would probably feel bad if she heard me say this, if she knew I was talking about her. Um, but honestly, she could probably hear this and would not know that she's the one that said this because she probably doesn't remember it all. Um, but that was, the, that was the first time when I really felt like I wasn't fully white or fully black. I was only half black and only half white. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I've... It's, it's, it's not a huge deal. Um, that's why I think this whole thing is, this whole conversation I'm having is just to let you know where I'm coming from. I don't want, I'm not trying to get pity or make you feel bad uh, or even try to emotionally move you one way or the other. I'm just telling you my experience. So, so for that to say, to hear that from someone say you're not black um, and I should have just brushed it off and I, and I did, and it's not a big deal and it's not, I don't want you to think I need to see therapy and get this worked out cause I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm really all right about it. But that's the thing about being mixed is you're never the minority, but you're also always the minority. I mean, it's not easy being mixed. I don't understand why even in 2020 still, they can't let you choose more than one race on a form, right? You guys that are either all black or all white or Hispanic or Asian or whatever you are, you don't know how annoying it is to fill out a form, whether it's a standardized test or a job application or whatever it is, and you have to check a box of your race and it clearly says only check one. I don't understand why it's so hard to put another box or let you check another box so that you can say you are more than one race. I don't get it, I don't understand it, it, you know, the anxiety that it has caused. If you're not mixed, you don't know the anxiety that it causes when you get a form and it says, check one box only for race. So yeah, I mean, at some point, I'm gonna do a podcast just on identity issues and what it's like. Um, everybody struggles with that identity, I think, as you're, especially as you're younger. But who you are um, is such a big deal. And it's it was honestly difficult when you're mixed to be to find out who you are and to not know what form, what box to check on a form. And when somebody meets you and they say, what are you? Um, so I'll, I'll do a whole podcast probably on just identity. But for now, I just want to, first of all, I just want to say, if you do meet someone who like me is ethnically ambiguous, I guess I'll say, I'll use that word. I like that. I like that phrase. That sounds cool. Ethnically ambiguous. Um, but if you meet someone like that and you're wondering, maybe don't just say, what are you? I think it's okay to ask that question. It's, it's probably more okay when you're more comfortable with somebody and you know somebody well, because I have no problem having, I actually, I personally don't have any problem having these race conversations. I think it's great. So if you do ever want to ask me uh, any questions, talk to me about it. If you know me, then come talk to me, ask me questions. I promise you I won't get offended. I won't get mad. 
Um, but I will say if you meet someone and you don't know what they are and you are curious and want to know, then don't say, what are you? I've had people say, what is your heritage? I think that's a little bit nicer way of saying it. Um, I had somebody say, where are your parents from? Which I think is a, could be a good idea. And I did answer that question. Um, knowing what he was looking for when he asked where your parents are from. But my mom's from Minneapolis, uh, Brooklyn Center, technically, from the Minnesota area. My dad uh, is an Army brat, so he has lived in different places, but has been in, in the Twin Cities since he was in high school. So so where are your parents from? Probably, And then even <laughs> further back, um, you know, my dad's got some Native American in him. Even, even his white side, though, has been in America for a long time. And my mom has been in America for a very long time, her ancestors um, are from here. Actually, probably should have led with this. I'm bearing the lead on this, but I've actually been to the plantation where my ancestors were slaves. It's in Missouri, got wiped out in a flood in 93, um, and they have not rebuilt on that. And I don't even know if they still own that property. But, but when I was a kid, we used to have family reunions on the plantation. It was the family farm, as we called it, but it was the plantation that my ancestors were slaves on. And it somehow got passed down to um, and I and I don't know the full story. I should probably find that out. But whether or not um, the the white people had kids with the slaves and then they inherited the farm, or if after they were free they gave them some of the land, or I I actually don't know. Um, I should find that out. But but I've been to the plantation where my ancestors were slaves on. So that's that that's a big first of all. It's just a big deal that um, that was really cool to. To, I didn't understand at the time as a kid. Like I said, I got wiped out in the flood in 93, but um, I'm proud of that, that I've been to that plantation and that I know that part of my family's history. Saying that is because um, my parents, both their sides have been here for a long time. So asking where my parents are from probably isn't the most productive uh, way to get to it, but I, I understood what he was saying. It was a nicer way to say it. But um, So I'm saying a lot of stuff right now, but the point of all of this is really just to explain me. It's my story and where I'm coming from. So that as you listen to these more and more, or if you have a conversation with me, you understand my perspective better. We all have different perspectives because we all have different stories. And you can argue about facts and opinions and numbers and whether how much racism still exists in our country or not. But you can't argue with someone's experience. So I just think that's one of the most important things you can do is share your story, share your experience, and more importantly, listen. Um, I think a lot of conversations I've had with white people right now, they don't know what to say, but that's okay. You don't have to say anything. Just listen, find someone that doesn't look like you and ask them for their story. So if I were to have one takeaway from all of this, if you stayed with me this whole time and listened to all of this, I would say, this is, this is the point, the power of someone's story and someone experience and someone being heard. And I would give you the homework assignment of find someone who doesn't look like you ask to buy them a cup of coffee and just listen. You don't have to say anything. Just say, tell me your story. Share your experiences with me. I want to understand this a little bit better, right? Because everybody's going to have a different perspective. Me growing up mixed in Minnesota is going to be different than somebody who grew up black in Atlanta or in the South somewhere. It's just, you're going to get different experiences. Um, and I think that's important. I think there's power in our story. I think if you'll take the time and listen to somebody, you'll, you'd be amazed at what you hear and you'd be amazed at the, the possible friendship relationship that comes out of that. Um, I just think that's such a powerful thing. So that would be your assignment. And I have a lot to talk about. Maybe you're listening to these and you feel like, when is Josh going to get to the point on 
on race relations. There's all this stuff going on right now in America, in our own state, Minnesota, Minneapolis. I need you to understand me first and my perspective first. I will get into all of that. Um, I have some topics ready to go. One of them is police brutality specifically uh, and what's going on in Minneapolis right now. But to be honest with you, I haven't I haven't found resolution, I guess, yet. And I don't, I'm not saying I ever will, but I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I'm not ready to share it because I need to have some more conversations first. Um, there are people that I've reached out to, um, one of them being my cousin, who was a police officer. Um, I want to have these conversations first and, and come with, because I'm just not a reactionary person. I'm somebody that thinks about things a lot. Uh, and I want to come with the best information. I really want to know what I think and what I believe before I try to share any of that with anybody else. And I certainly don't want to say something stupid that's going to lead somebody in the wrong direction. So I'm going to be responsible and do my homework on this first. So God, I promise I will get to, to that at some point uh, in the next few conversations. Um, but I, I want to take some time and not just be reactionary, but really um, learn about this, talk to people about this. I think next week I'm going to talk about white privilege because um, that is... I, I won't even, I'll tease it a little bit. Growing up, I talked about my family, what I was able to see my, my grandpa accomplish, the family my mom had, and the family versus the family my dad had growing up. And white privilege was, was almost a curse word in my house growing up. So I'm a, I'll go into that next week. Hopefully, you know, you just heard my story, know where I'm coming from. Again, if, if the only point of this is find someone who doesn't look like you, Sit down, ask them their story. White people, if you don't know what to say right now, it's okay. Just listen. That's it. Sorry I got so long. Thank you for listening. Join me again next week for episode three of Mixed in America.